He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night. And we're going to have breaking news, but I'm making the introduction first. And uh, we have Richard Webb, somebody new in the control booth, and they're still learning. We should give him a learner's permit in the control booth. This is Cats at Night, and uh, Judge Richard Weinberg and Craig Eaton in the studio, and tonight is the election night, and and, uh, we'll we'll be having some breaking news once in a while, but we have some breaking news now, Livia, don't we? Okay, now we do. Breaking news, WABC. Epstein victim now says she may have made a mistake in accusing Professor Alan Dershowitz. Hmm. Where have we heard this before? Professor Alan Dershowitz has maintained his innocence. He had nothing to do with it. And, John, do you want to go straight to Professor Dershowitz? Let's go to Dershowitz. Professor Dershowitz, your reaction? Uh, where's the apologies from everyone, right? <laughs> well, I'm very gratified that finally she recognized that she uh, may have uh, misidentified me. She may have made a mistake in identifying me. And uh, no money changed hands. Um, She made the statement. She said that she uh, was under pressure and she was uh, young and traumatized. But the point is... Uh, Alan, you didn't didn't do the same thing uh, Elon Musk did. Ask her to describe <laughs> your private parts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that girl went away. That was funny. And, that, and Elon Musk's girl went away. I wish I could tell you what really happened. There's a great story, but I can't. I'm, I'm obliged to stick to the script. And what she said basically, again, was uh, I was very young at the time. It was stressful and traumatic environment. Mr. Dershowitz was from the beginning consistently deny these allegations. I now recognize that I may have made a mistake in identifying Mr. Dershowitz. So that's what she said. And that's good enough for me. And I hope the matter ends and we can close the book on it. It's and how do you, how do you think uh, Andrew Cuomo did? Do you think a few of them uh, did or did not? You know, who knows about anybody else? I only know you about don't. myself. It, it's I so easy. It's so easy. Myself. I don't know about Prince Andrew. I know that it's very easy to make accusations. Yeah. I wrote a book about it. It's very hard to disprove especially, allegations. Yeah. Especially when the woke culture uh, they yeah. went around saying, you must believe women at all. It's a presumption of guilt. Is there a presumption of innocence? Yeah. Well, yeah. of course, so now believe her when she says that she now recognizes that she may have made uh, a mistake in identifying me. So now you should believe her. Uh, I now recognize I may have made a mistake in identifying Mr. Dershowitz. So, well, Alan, you just uh, solved the, the Ray Donovan question, which was, where do I go to get my reputation back? You have your yeah. reputation back. Congratulations. Now, I understand there's a New York Times story. Uh, was it on page is, tomorrow? Is it going to be on page one or page uh, 39? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what happened, of course, is that it was done on the eve of the election. And so it won't get the kind of coverage it might have otherwise uh, gotten if it wasn't uh, election night. But we'll see. The Times had a good story about it today um, with a good headline. And it's been all over the British press and other newspapers. And I'm, you know, generally satisfied that people will now understand that they can't 
go beyond what she said, which is she may very well have made a mistake in identifying me. And it's understandable. She was a very young person. She never she didn't know who I was. She didn't know anything about me. Um, it's very understandable that she could have um, uh, misidentified me, but I have you know, borne the consequences of it. And now it's over. That's the important point. Professor, this is Craig Eaton. I, I'm, I'm happy for this vindication. But, you know, it's funny when the Times write it, writes it, they say Epstein victim. Um, yeah. She's a convicted felon. She's not a victim here. It's just well, it's funny the way they write it. Yeah, I can't get into that. Yeah. But there, there are stories to be told. OK. And also, you know, I hope newspapers uh, will seek to unseal the depositions in the case, because right from the beginning, I have kept everything open. I want everything out in the open because I never had anything to hide. And I want to make sure that all the depositions are now unsealed. The public has the right to see them. And under our agreement, we have the right to to part, to say whatever we want about the uh, sealed material. And so we're hoping that, uh, uh, you know, the New York Times, WABC, other media companies say, look, we have a First Amendment right to see what's in those sealed materials. It's of public interest. So I hope that comes out. Let's pivot now to the election. Professor Dershowitz, uh, John Fetterman, who is running for Senate in Pennsylvania, he's already suing over misdated ballots. Uh, Judge Weinberg, you're well-versed in this topic as well, right. uh, if you want to explain it a little bit the more. Ar- the argument was that the ballots should not be counted, uh, Professor, because they weren't dated under Pennsylvania law. They have to be dated to be a, a valid ballot. And uh, the fact of the matter is, I think the ballot should be set aside they sh- and not uh, and not counted because the state law is the state law, and I don't think the state Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has a right to intercede on that. And I think that was a mistake the Supreme Court of the United States made two years ago by not getting involved when the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania well, got themselves they, involved. You know, they, they didn't get involved two years ago because it wouldn't have made a difference in the election. But clearly you're absolutely right. Under the Constitution, under Article 2, it's the state legislature, not the state courts and not the governor. That decides the rule of elections. That's true of presidential elections. It may not be as true of congressional elections, but certainly if you have a legislative judgment, it has to be abided by. Governors don't have a right to make the law, and the courts can only uh, mis- you know, interpret the law if it's uh, unconstitutional. So, look, we would hope after the 2020 election that there'd be no problems, that every one of the problems would have been solved in advance so nobody can claim that any election was anything but perfect. And I'm just hoping that we can have a good election without regard to who you want to win. At the end of the day, let everybody say the election was fair. And I, maybe it's that's a- all we want. We, that's all of us. We want that that everybody feels that the election was fair and there's no uh, skeletons going on. In Maricopa County in Arizona, there were some issues there, apparently, with some voting machines, 60 voting centers. Uh, there were some issues with voter tabulation. And now there is talk of poll workers in Maricopa are actively encouraging people to simply drop off their ballots instead of voting in person. Lines 90 minutes long. But now they figured out what the solution was and they changed printer settings. So you have a lot. They didn't have enough ink, they said. Yeah. (laughs) Look, we go back to 2000. I get a phone call from Rabbi Yellen, the reform rabbi in Palm Beach County. It's about noon. And he says, my congregants are coming in telling me they voted for Pat Buchanan by mistake because of this butterfly ballot. 
and I get immediately copies of the butterfly ballot, and I see it's completely illegal, the butterfly ballot, because it allowed people to vote for Joe Lieberman for president. And a lot of Jewish residents thought they were voting for Joe Lieberman, the first vice president who was Jewish, and they ended up voting for Pat Buchanan, <laughs> who no Jew would ever vote for. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. And that may have made the difference in the presidential election, because mm-hmm. if there were a thousand votes that would have gone to uh, to to Gore rather than Bush, we would have had President Gore. So, you know, we've had these problems now for many, many, many years, and it's time to fix them. You know, I hate to use the cliche, but we can send a man to the moon. Why can't we get a decent election without anybody being able to complain? Uh, before we uh, we go to break, is there any other lawyers around the, the country have you heard about today that are going to create a problem later on tonight or anything? I hope not, but I'm sure they will come up with them. You know, there are a lot of lawyers now who specialize in election law. They're looking for problems, and the loser is always looking for a problem. And that's why you have to have a fair process. You know, most countries in the world, not America, have election commissions. They're former judges, former presidents of universities, priests and rabbis and ministers, people who are beyond reproach, and they determine issues relating to the election. That hasn't happened in America, and it's overdue. We ought to have election commissions to resolve these issues, not partisan courts, not Congress, and not certainly not the candidates who lost the election. Well, uh, Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much, and congratulations on <laughs> on being found innocent on page 82. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, what, no, what's more important is it's on ABC, WABC News. That was breaking news on breaking WABC. News right here. Uh, right now, thank you for your exclusive reaction. Exclusive. Yeah, uh, and we'll catch so up with you again real soon. Okay. Um, and, and the other thing, the other breaking news before was uh, the first uh, results came in from uh, Guam, right? A territory. Guam has elected a Republican as its non-voting delegate to Congress for the first time since 1993, and it's an encouraging development for the GOP in the first 2022 midterm race. Wow. So I don't know what is. A, does anybody a know? Non-voting uh, congressman. Yeah. What is that? Can you rep- explain it to me? Yes. You, you sit there as a potted plant. You're allowed to participate in the hearings and ask questions. You're allowed to vote. Did it? Did And Bloomberg won. And Bloomberg. Bloomberg won. Guam. <laughs> That's right. How much could be How president of Guam? He only spent a billion dollars. But since 1993, that's a big deal, and that's why I wore my sparkly shirt uh, skirt that, today because I said I'm feeling like it's 1994. It's just the beginning. Should we take? A, let's take a break. We're going to take a break now. Where was that signal? That was a let's yes signal. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back with Doug Schoen to see uh, a Democratic strategist to see where the heck we are. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show, where we are specializing in the election. Biggest, what is this, the biggest midterm election of our lifetime, I'd Absolutely. say, at this point. Absolutely. On the line with us right now, we have Doug Schoen. He's a political analyst, author, commentator. He's also a longtime Democrat who helped shape Bill Clinton's successful 1996 campaign. He tells it like it is. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Doug Schoen. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. So, so give us a report, Doug, of what, uh, what's, what do you think is going on today? I think we're going to see a red wave. I say this as a Democrat who sees 30-odd seats in the House as the majority 
51, 52 seats in the Senate. I don't think, John, you may disagree, but I don't think Lee Zeldin necessarily makes it. I think it's a close election, but there's so many Democrats in New York State, it's a very tough road to hoe for uh, Zeldin. That's my take. Do you disagree, John? Am I wrong? Well, you know, it's a tough road for Zeldin to win in uh, in New York City and New York State, but... Doug, uh, the one thing I know, and I've told you, know, we both have a lot of mutual Democratic friends. A lot of them are angry. They're yep. very angry. Yep. So, and they'll never, t- they will never tell a pollster, especially uh, if it's a pollster that looks Democratic pollster, that uh, I'm going to vote for a Republican. Which is a, hey, as a Democrat, when I was a Democrat, the word Republican was a bad word. Mm-hmm. It still is on the Democratic side, I must yeah. tell you. But this year, I think this year, a lot of people are 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 really angry. So that's the only thing that would make a difference to, to this year. So well, it, it, look, it's possible. I, uh, this is a state that has elected Democrats by double digits, and bluntly, um, uh, it's going to be a single-digit race. How close we will see, um, but. It shows you how much you are right, John. There's concern about the economy, taxes, and most of all, crime. Doug, this is Craig Eaton. I chaired the Brooklyn Republican Party for 10 years, and clearly Lee Zeldin had the momentum going into today. So I think it's all going to be based on turnout. If the Democrats come out and vote in New York City, then it's a much closer race. Yeah, and the early vote numbers were encouraging for the Democrats. How yes, encouraging? Yes. Obviously, we don't know until we see uh, how the votes break. But for today, I would say going into the election, uh, enough Democrats came out early to give at least temporary uh, optimism to the Democrats. Well, Doug, it's Richard Weinberg. The thing you have to say about Zeldin's campaign, it was very good. He got better and better. He had the issues. He had positive messages to run on. Hochul wasn't running on any message other than uh, hiding in the basement. You know, let me tell you, Doug, Doug, we know each other a long time. You know what really upset me, and I'm not going to mention any names, that the governor brought in a lot of big names, and, 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 and the company line was, this is made up. This is GOP about crime. A, a conspiracy. crap, a conspiracy about crime. Mm-hmm. And me and you walk around New York. We know. Mm-hmm. Right. We know better. But why yeah. would they do that? John, how difficult is it to say people are concerned, we're concerned too, and we're going to redouble our efforts on crime? How difficult is that? And, and, and I met one-on-one with the governor last Thursday, and, and I respect her, and I, I think I thought, you know, when I first met her years ago, I said she's one tough Irish gal, and, and, and I was disappointed. I said to her, who gave you the advice on getting the 1,200 police officers overtime? How long is that going to last? These police officers that are going to be down in the subways on crime are scared. Because they're not going to go out and arrest many people. They're scared themselves. I said what David Dinkins did and what Peter Vallone did, uh, and Judge Weinberg was there, but he wasn't a judge at the time, uh, and and hired, got 6,000 new police officers hired, and that made a difference. 
It turned the city exactly around. Right. Exactly right. And what I thought Hochul did on crime was, A, too little, too late, but, B, to talk about statistical deniers and the like, I thought was very, very unfair. Yeah, how many bodies I was have disappointed in a lot of our friends that there were statistical deniers, and it was just yeah. But well, how I many mean, bodies have to be piled up before you see there's an epidemic of crime going on in the city? And I, it's I not mean, just, you just walk around, John. John is right, Richard. You walk around New York, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to think that crime is out of control, public drug use, homelessness. This quality of life we have here has gone down precipitously. That's just a fact. And never mind in the Bronx and in Harlem and in certain parts of Brooklyn. It is horrific what's going on out there. And the fact that, like you said, John, that Kathy Hochul has just put her head in the sand and saying it's a GOP conspiracy. Listen, I'm not going to throw words around. I'm not going to, you know, I just think she was wrong and that's it. Okay? I'm not totally. I agree, John. I I agree. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Harlem. And everybody in Harlem that I talked to, my old friends, there's nobody. To, everybody wants to be able to call 911 and get help. You know? Of course. As well they should. And you want to see cops on the street, cops on the subway, and you want cops to act and not to, to be, be able to act and not be afraid without to being afraid of getting in trouble. And you want them somebody to respond. Videotaped in you. And you want them to respond when you need them. But exactly. if they're not there, if there's not enough cops, when you call 911 and it takes 20 minutes for the and, cops to and get the there. the biggest yeah. problem we have right now is all the senior cops, the cops that know what they're doing, they're saying, the heck with it, I'm retiring early. That's exactly right. And they're not, they don't have the ability to fill up the police academy classes. They're way behind in recruitment for police academy classes. And even if they fill up their academy classes, they're not going to have the institutional memory and the street smarts to do the job the right way. Yeah, and it's sad. Well, well, well Doug, well, anything we'll else to say? Tonight. Anything Thank else you. to say? No, 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 no. Thank you for having me as always. I agree with the bulk of your comments, and you're doing the Lord's work. Thank you. God bless you. We'll catch up soon. And maybe we'll talk tomorrow oh. and know what the heck happened. And now we have Governor Pataki. No introduction really needed. Governor, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Exciting night. We just had, we just had a talk with a good friend of mine, Doug Schoen, a, a democratic strategist. And, and, uh, from the Republican point of view, uh, uh, governor, what do you think? What's going on? You know, I think it's got to be really close. I think, uh, a lot of Democrats are, um, disgusted with the crime and are either going to vote for Zeldin or stay home. I, I also think in places like Long Island, uh, we're going to see a, a very high turnout because people are angry. They know the state is out of control, and this is their chance to take it back. So, you know, I know all the conventional polls have uh, Zeldin down five or six. Uh, when I ran the first time, the, the polls were off by seven. And if they're off by seven again, we're going to have Governor Zeldin. Governor Pataki, how can you uh, can you compare your race to Lee Zeldin's race. I know back then you had to win at least 30% in New York City in order to be a contender, but now we have more Democrats, right? It's two to one Democrats now. There are fewer Republican registered. Absolutely. So how tell, tell us about the similarities and the differences. You know, uh, Lydia, I think it's basically the same. He has to do extremely well on Long Island. Okay. Uh, uh, you're supposed to get 30% in New York City. I got like 21% when I ran the first time. Uh, but we had a massive turnout upstate, and I broke all the records 
uh, in turnout and percentages upstate. That's not going to happen this time, but I think Lee can get more than 30%. I think he can get 33, 34%, 35% in the city. Uh, and then he has to carry upstate. And if, if that's the case, depending on turnout, you know, he could well win this race. And, you know, I was listening to your discussion on the campaign and uh, on the campaigns, and I would watch Polkos uh, finally put up ads on crime. They were just not believable. She was saying, look at all the stuff I did on crime as though it wasn't still a problem. Uh, and, and I was looking at it and thinking, you know, you haven't solved the problem. It is still a horrific problem. So we'll see what happens. But Zeldin has won a great, great campaign. I know he's still out there right now shaking hands in Brooklyn, uh, and hopefully he'll pull this off. Well, we'll, we'll talk to you again later on, uh, Governor, and, uh, uh, and uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll have some more to report. And hopefully Good. we celebrate yeah. tonight, Governor. Yes, I'm ready. Take care. Take care. Take care. And, uh, guys, I mean, uh, we don't know what, uh, this is such a, you know, John, this is such an important race. This could be the difference between saving the city and state of New York and, and losing it. And people should understand that. This is the most important midterm election of our lifetime. I mean, Lee would say, you know, bet your life is depending on it. And, because, I, I and, it, and it's true. I don't disagree. It's I think true. Lee is exactly Exactly right. I, I wouldn't let my children or my wife or my family go into the subway. Today. I think one of the biggest problems in the city. And that was my one argument with, uh, with Anthony Weiner. Won't do it. Uh, you know, yeah, he, he says he he'll let, let his would, son go down. Son. And I said, I, I can't believe you're going to let your son go down. And his son's a young kid. How are you going to put uh, a young he, kid on the subway? That's a young kid. I, I won't go on the subway. It's crazy. I think one of the major problems in the city is uh, drug use and the fact that Kathy Hochul has basically decriminalized drug use. You can literally shoot up on the corner. Forget about the smoking marijuana and the all these open injection centers. And then the drug dealers are outside waiting as the people go in and then they brag the, ju- the drug injection centers. Oh, we saved uh, X amount of lives with Narcan. Hello. They wouldn't have overdosed had you had and, not have the drug injection Lydia, center there. What about the mental ill, the mentally ill that but, are on the streets and in the subway? But but a lot of them are drug That's, addicted, and that nobody's you're, doing anything over, about the it. The overlap between drug addiction, well, homelessness, and mental illness. Illness. And the cops just we're have to stand there and they do nothing. Break. They can't do anything. We're going to be taking a break, and we're going to be having uh, Lou Dobbs on to see the financial markets uh, are acting as if the Republicans are going to win. They're up. So, But we'll see what happens. Are uh, we ready to take that break? And we're going to have Lou Dobbs come on. And right after the break, Al D'Amato, he is what? Mad as hell? And he can't take it. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. That is Senator D'Amato. Let's go. (laughs) This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, with us today is uh, Senator Alphonse D'Amato. I had so many calls from a lot of uh, Senator's fans, uh, and uh, they said, she said to me, you got to put on Alphonse. (laughs) Hey, John, let me just tell you something. Your radio program has made a difference in the congressional race. When this young man first went on your program, and that's Anthony D'Esposito, he's running in the 4th Congressional District. That runs along the south shore of, of the town of Hempstead in Nassau County. He was trailing by 10 points. He is probably, and by the way, his district has 50,000 more registered Democrats than Republicans. He is headed towards victory tonight and will carry by a minimum of well, five you know, to 10,000 votes. And it, you, 
That's Nassau really? County. You have a lot of common sense Democrats there that want law and order. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And you gave him a chance to talk about his record, what he stood for uh, as serving as a, a police officer in New York City and a detective uh, for 10 years, making over 600 arrests and a terrific councilman. He's headed to Congress in the 4th District. And when he first went on your program, he was trailing by 10 points. You had him on two or three times. He called them. And I'll tell you something else. Another young man that you had on, he is now headed to an overwhelmingly victory. That's in the North Shore of Nassau County, running into Queens. He has part of Queens in the 3rd District. That's Santos. And he is running away with the race. He'll win by over 10,000 votes. And it looks like Nassau County, if the voting and suffrage continues in the pattern that it is, that we're going to have a new governor. Lee Zeldin can carry by well over 100,000 votes Nassau and Suffolk, maybe 150,000. I, I did hear that Nassau and Suffolk are coming out big for uh, big. Lee Zeldin. Uh, that yep. could make up uh, some, for some other districts that are, might be soft. And also that well, Erie is not – Erie, which is Governor Hochul's base, has not been coming out in big numbers. That's what I've heard so far. That's well, big. that's it, – it, 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 it really confirms what our reports are, and that is that the Democratic turnout is uh, nothing uh, like it usually is, even in the so-called off year or the gubernatorial year. And – you have many uh, Democrats who, because of the crime issue, are voting Republican for the governor. And you have many uh, who are not coming out. And so with the Republicans and independents are going to run much stronger in New York City than traditionally. We could have a new governor. I'm predicting Lee Zeldin by at least two points. And nobody would have said that even a week ago. Do you but, think uh, we'll know tonight, uh, Senator? Yes. I think that the distinction will be clear. Uh, the Democrats will go to court and ask for different uh, uh, counts, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not going to change the outcome. Because I think along the Hudson Valley, what I'm hearing, Strong Republican turnout in central New York and southern tier New York, the Binghamton area, etc. Heavy Republican turnouts. And that bodes well for Lee Zeldin. He's going to carry those districts by 60 plus percent in some of those areas. So it looks good. And I think we'll pick up maybe as many as five additional Republican congressmen. You're going to pick up two in Nassau County alone, two additional. You hold the two that exist in, in Suffolk County. Uh, we're on our, our way. And I have to tell you, having a radio station that gives those who seek office an opportunity to be heard, who are shut out basically from the major well, news sources, we that, are that, now. That's democracy. Sundown is 444 today. And uh, WABC Radio being clear channel, part of the old Department of Defense, 50,000 watts. Uh, we are from Florida all the way to northern Canada. Wow. Well, let me tell you, you've done a heck of a job giving candidates who no one thought had an opportunity to be heard 
and the people are responding overwhelmingly. And the message that you carried, and I think they did, is we got to strengthen our criminal justice system. We got to do something about these borders where the drugs are pouring in here and the, and the criminals are coming over as well. And the people are responding. And I think you're going to see this nationwide. But WABC and you, John Kasmitidis, opened the door for the message to be heard. Well, we, if you're available later on tonight, we're running Election Central all night, and uh, yep. uh, they'll be calling you to to get you your comments. And we hope uh, we have good news. The good news for the people of the city of New York and the state of New York will be that it's, it's going to be a safe city in the future. That's all I care about, safe city. You know, I agree with you, and I think everybody else does, including a lot of Democrats. Senator D'Amato, thank you so much for calling in. And now we're going to go to Mike Ryan from the Board of Elections. Mike. Mike Hello, guys. How are you? Mike, this is Craig Eaton. Tonight we have one of the most important people in New York City on the radio, Mike Ryan, the executive director of the New York City Board of Elections. Mike, what are you seeing out there in New York City? Well, first, uh, we saw a very robust turnout. Over 400,000 New Yorkers uh, voted during early voting. Uh, and we also had about 100,000 or so absentee ballots uh, that we received back so far. So coming into today, we had about 500,000 votes in the bank. Uh, and so far today, uh, as of 3 p.m., we had a total uh, number of check-ins of a little over 1.1 million voters, uh, but that would also include the 400,000-plus early voters. So what percentage of the registered voters is that? That would put us already at approaching uh, 50 percent of the of the registered voters as of three o'clock this afternoon. Uh, but to give some perspective on that, in 2018, we had about 2.1 million voters uh, vote in the uh, in the gubernatorial election. And before that, gubernatorial elections averaged about 1.3, 1.4 million. So we saw a big jump in 2018. And it seems like 2022 is holding uh, at least steady uh, with 2018. Now you said there were 100,000 absentee ballots already returned. How many are still out there that have not been returned yet? Ballots that, we, that have already been returned. There were over 200,000 requested. Okay. So far, we got back a little over 100,000. We're not going to have any surprises. I mean, I hate to joke around like that, but not going to have <laughs> any surprises, Mike, right? No. So the good news is uh, the law was changed, and we have to open uh, and verify the absentee ballots um, at certain intervals before Election Day. So the lion's share of the absentee ballot vote total will be included in that first batch of results that are released tonight shortly after 9 o'clock. Which makes a much better system than they have in the state of Pennsylvania, where they have to wait days. That's new. We've done this in one election before. This is going to be the first time that we're doing it in a big election. But so I want you and your audience to know what you're looking at at 9 o'clock. Polls will close at 9 o'clock. We usually start getting results in shortly after the close of polls, and we always do uh, a, a data release at about 9:10. The thing that will be different this year, what you'll see in that data release, um, is not only the votes that have already been processed between 9 o'clock and 9:10, but then you'll see all of uh, the early votes 
and whatever of those 100,000 absentee ballots that have already been scanned. I think that's going to be about 85,000, so it will be the lion's share of the absentee ballots that we've gotten back so far will be included uh, in those numbers tonight. That's the new piece. That's the first time that we're doing it in a major election. Again, we are speaking with Mike Ryan. He is the executive director of the New York City Board of Elections. Mike Ryan, how do you compare uh, this year's turnout compared to years past? And well, what, what does that say? Uh, in 2021, we saw, a, I mean, sorry, in 2018, we saw a very big jump in the governor's election from about 1.3 to 1.4 to all the way up to 2.1. Uh, million in 2018. And that was on a very rainy day before we had early voting. Uh, so I think from the numbers that we're seeing this fo- thus far, uh, that this uh, election is going to rival, uh, you know, uh, 2018. Uh, and we'll see where, where it slots in. Does it does it reach it? Does it go slightly above or below? Uh, but it's certainly a well uh, attended election. Mike, so be- before we take a, uh, we take a break, uh, now, people were able to vote for how many days before the election? Nine. Nine. Uh, did you find uh, how many total people voted before the election? Uh, so right before the election, in the nine days of early voting, I can give you a specific number. It was 432,634. And you felt good about it, that everything was uh, that went well? Yes. The early voting went very well. Uh Keep in mind, we've only been doing it since 2019, and that was the second highest early voting total since 2019, second only to the presidential election. Understood. I mean, my only concern is, you know how I feel, one one person, one vote, one American, one vote, and, and I want every American to feel that they're getting an honest count, and that's my only concern. Yes, absolutely. So people, you know, showed up for, uh, uh, you know, the nine days to the tune of over 400,000. Uh, and as of 3 p.m., we reported a total of 1.1, a little over 1.1 million, and we're due to hit with another uh, release of total uh, aggregate numbers by 6 p.m. So in 15 minutes, uh, you can take a look at Twitter, and we're going to release uh, the 6 p.m. numbers. Sounds good. Well, Mike Ryan, thank you. Different than we've been doing in years past. Uh, we've released vote totals. Uh, at 9 a.m., at noon, at 3 p.m., at 6 p.m. So we're giving uh, the public a flavor of what's happening uh, during the day. And then, of course, we the, after close, polls close at 9 p.m., uh, then we'll, uh, we'll release the, uh, the unofficial uh, numbers. Mike, so, so the, the Twitter is, is at B-O-E-N-Y-C, correct? Yes. All right, just so the listeners can thank know you, where to thank look. You, thank you so much. Let's take that break right now. When we come back after the break, uh, we have J.P. Miller to give us a report of what's going on upstate. Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night Show. We are covering what else? The election. On the line with us right now, J.P. Miller. He is the founder of Empire Report. That's a list. It's a great list of headline news from the city, state, and the country. Check it out Be- at Empire Report. Better than the Drudge Report. A hundred times better. Better than the Drudge Report. And EmpireReportNewYork.com. Welcome back to Cats at Night, J.P. Miller. Thank you so much for having me on election. I What an exciting night. Well, tell us, give us, give us a report from upstate. I heard, uh, uh, well, you tell us. 
Well, what, what I would say is upstate, we are watching a few congressional races. Mike Lawler is challenging DCCC ch- Chairman Sean Patrick Maloney. Pat, uh, that's in New York 17th and the New York 18th, Pat Ryan and uh, versus Colin Schmidt. New York 19, Marcus Molinaro versus uh, Riley. Uh, New York 22 in Syracuse, Francis Canole versus Brandon Williams. And then in Rochester, uh, Joe Morelli versus uh, former uh, Rochester Police Sergeant Singletary. So there are a number of uh, competitive congressional races in upstate New York. The other thing that we're looking for in upstate New York is the returns in Erie County for the governor's race. So it's Governor Hochul's home county. But, you know, uh, Lee Zeldin has been spending a lot of time there. He's trying to make inroads there. Both county chairs, the Republicans and the Democrats, say that they're going to win Erie County. We're also looking for in the governor's race. Uh, I'm sure everybody's following that tonight. Nassau County. Folks, uh, my sources tell me that over and over again, election after election, Nassau County is one of the last counties to report results. So it may be, you know, people are saying, oh, it might be an early night. We might know the results early. I can see us waiting till the late night, waiting till the wee hours for Nassau to report the election results where Lee Zeldin thinks he's going to be getting a lot of votes and Kathy Hochul is going to be trying to cut down his margin there and hope for a little bit of a lower turnout there. She's hoping for a big turnout in New York City. Well, I mean, Doug, uh, this is Craig Eaton. Conventional logic, uh, JP, is that Nassau goes to Zeldin. I mean, look what they did. Look what Cairo did in the last election. He took a lot of the seats away from the Democrats. Yes, and so and so, what you might may see late night is you may see Hochul with a lead, but a lead that you know statistically yeah, could shrink. be yeah. could could be surmounted by a big uh, turnout in Nassau County. So folks are going to be waiting for that. And what's interesting about it is, it's such a huge vote total. It's a vote total that's going to likely skew Zeldin, and it's going to be something that. It traditionally comes in one of the last counties to report in the state. So I think all eyes are going to be on Nassau County tonight. You're also going to look uh, at Westchester County. That's a key suburban county that leans Democratic, but uh, can, of course, go go Republican as well. So Westchester County, Erie County, and Nassau, those are three counties that I think folks are going to be watching. And then, of course, the state legislature. Right now, the Democrats uh, at the state Senate have a veto-proof majority. Folks think that uh, there's likely going to be some Republican pickups there. Uh, hard to see a full flip, but... Uh, potentially enough seats so that they do not have a veto-proof majority. And, and J.P. Miller, uh, uh, have you seen a lot of yard signs around? I mean, uh, 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 Lydia has said that she hasn't seen many Hochul signs, but a lot of Zelda signs in Westchester. Correct. John, uh, I'm up here in Saratoga County, and I have to say uh, Zeldin lawn signs are outnumbering Hochul lawn signs significantly. But, you know, what I would say is, that is to be expected in a county like Saratoga County. Uh, what Hochul is banking on is a big turnout in New York City. That's that, that's where she is playing, and there's not many lawn signs to be put up in New York City because there's not many lawns. Well, we saw we saw a big turnout as of the three o'clock results. We saw a big turnout in New York City. Yes, and I think that I, I just heard that we're going to get another data dump at 6, at 6 p.m., o'clock, which is yeah. going to be very uh, interesting. And don't forget, uh, Zeldin comes from Suffolk County, and they're going to be overwhelmingly for Zeldin out in Suffolk as well. Yep. Yep. 
J.P. Miller, what are you hearing on the ground from the voters? One of my friends, lifelong Democrat, he voted Democrat down the line, except when it came to the governor, because he said he was astounded by the Democrats' response to crime. So what are you hearing? I have heard from voters. Uh, I've been to New York City a number of times over the last couple of weeks, and I've heard from Democratic voters that crime is the issue. And that's, the, you know, the overwhelming issue. And uh, it's something that, of course, Lee Zeldin has been campaigning on his whole campaign. But Governor Hochul uh, has been focused on the crime issue over the last couple of weeks. She's been releasing a number of ads on it. So she's been going toe to toe to him on the, cr- with the uh, on the crime issue. Uh, but that's certainly what I'm hearing on the ground from people is that's the number and, one issue and, in and, New York and, City. Uh, JP, are you going to be carrying on the Empire Report NY.com all night long on updates? John, we're going to have updates all night long, but I also am going to try to do a double sneak attack, which is I'm going to have the updates all night, but I'm also going to try and be the first one up in the morning at 3.30 a.m. I know that you're an early bird like me. I'm going to be up tomorrow morning at 3.30 a.m. getting all the results and hopefully having the first email uh, into everybody's Look, so, email inbox way, tomorrow Rita morning Cosby. with full results. We got Rita Cosby on the, uh, uh, on the phone with us, too. Rita? Hey, John, tell JP I'm going to beat him because I'm going to be up at 3.30. I will not have gone to bed at that That's point. It. You don't go to bed till uh, 5 or 6. I know that. Uh, I don't. And tell us, uh, Rita Cosby, you're going to be uh, leading the WABC effort along with Dominic Carter tonight? Exactly. We have an action-packed uh, wall-to-wall, all the breaking news, the best coverage anywhere, everybody. It's going to be on WABC Radio. You can also get it on WABCRadio.com. Kicking off at 8 p.m., uh, Dominic Carter and myself, I can't wait. Um, and we are going to be covering, of course, all the races. Of course, the biggie in New York. Everybody in the country is watching the New York governor's race. Um, and Lydia is going to be at Lee Zeldin's headquarters with us, giving us updates. And, you know, Lydia, too, you just talked about your friend who was splitting the ticket. I have talked to so many friends in the last, not just today, but in the last few days, because early voting has been going on in New York. A number of them have split the ticket in the past where they voted, you know, straight Democrat or voted whatever the case was. This time, they are definitely much more leaning to Zeldin. I have some friends who are diehard Democrats. So this could be a really great night for Lee Zeldin. We're going to be following all of it. We're also following all the other big races, guys. And there's also always some drama. Um, I don't know if you heard, but in like Maricopa County in Arizona, the tabulation machines aren't working in about 20% of the area. So they have to actually get them manually brought over to the headquarters in Lucerne County in Pennsylvania, which is northeastern Pennsylvania. They ran out of paper at a couple of the polling places, and that is going to delay votes in Pennsylvania by an hour. In those areas, they're actually delaying the polls there for one hour. And Rita, you're so going to have a drama. all-star lineup of guests, and that's going to be my job tonight at the Lee Zeldin campaign headquarters, is I'm going to bring you all the best guests. You know I'm aggressive, and I'm going to get all the best guests that I can get there, and you can tell, can you tell us about some of the guests you're going to have on tonight? Yeah, and of course, uh, we can't wait to see what's happening there at the Zeldin headquarters. But in studio with us also, Lid, we're going to have um, Anthony Weiner is going to be with us. I can't wait to go to battle with him over uh, crime or the lack of messaging by the Democrats thereof. And, and tell uh, him not to send his son in the subway. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Without a billy club, right? According to uh, Bill Clinton and uh, and the others, too. Uh, but also uh, Ed Cox is going to be joining us. David Patterson, of course, the former governor. We also have Larry Kudlow. We have Sid Davidoff, guys. Um, we're going to also have Senator Joe Lieberman, Bill O'Reilly, uh, an action pack night, and also Andrew Giuliani. We have Al D'Amato joining us, Dick Morris. They are going to be with us, and we will have the breaking news. Also, Noam Laden, our news director, is going to be giving us great updates and make sure you stay tuned. Dominic and I will guide you through the night and then also I'll be solo, then Dominic, and then of course Frank Morano is going to be with you through the wee hours. We will have you all covered. Well, Rita Cosby, thank you so much. J.P. Miller, uh, I'll be watching the website on one screen at home. I'll be listening to Rita on the other screen. Uh, what else can we do? Pray. Pray. That's what we can do. <laughs> And let's have peace in our city and peace in our state and, our, and make sure our borders are covered. And uh, that's what we all pray for. And, John, the polls are still open in New York until 9 o'clock. It's 6 yeah. o'clock. And don't three forget. hours left if you haven't voted. Every Go out vote and vote. And, and vote no on the proposition. All the prop- prop- tell all us about the proposition, Judge. The first one, Proposition 1, is a sludge fund for green, uh, green New Deal. It's very dangerous for uh, energy independence in, in New York State. The other three are all about racial identification. It's going to lead to uh, all kinds of reparation efforts and redistribution efforts. All three, two, three, and four in New York City, vote vote no. no. Vote number one, vote no. And you know what? Look at what happened in New Jersey last year. People didn't go out and vote. They lost by less than one percentage point. So it's real. Every vote counts. Don't forget it. And, guys, and uh, we, we all pray for our city. We all pray for our state. We pray for our country. Because the world is depending on the United States of America. And uh, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and and the American American way. God bless America. We need God's blessing tonight to be able to take America back. Thank you so much. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.